Welcome to the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, online nutritionist, weight loss coach, and hormone fixer-upper. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of information and inspiration, sharing with you simple and effective strategies from health, wealth, and all things personal growth. Get ready to become the master of your hormones and experience vibrant health to live a life of more power and possibility. Welcome back, ladies. I cannot believe I am diving into episode 10 of the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. It has been so exciting launching this podcast, and I'm really excited to be able to connect with all of you in a new way, not just blogging and posting on Instagram, which I do love hanging out on the gram. And so thank you so much for being here with me, for your support throughout this launch of the podcast. It really does mean a lot. And if you haven't yet left us a review or a rating over on iTunes, that would be greatly appreciated. You can simply head on over to iTunes, leave us a rating. And if you do, I am going to hook you up with my three-day hormone balancing meal plan. Yes, it's absolutely free and it's loaded with delicious hormone balancing recipes. So all you got to do is head on over to iTunes, leave us a review, take a screenshot of your review, and then email that over to info at holisticwellness.ca. Send us your screenshot and we will send you over your three-day hormone balancing meal plan. That's it. Super simple. So today we are diving into hormones, of course, but hormones and essential oils. I love using essential oils. We use essential oils in our home. We use them in our laundry. I add them to smoothies and recipes. I, of course, inhale them and we use them as aromatherapy and we're diffusing them. And so I am so excited to interview Dr. Marisa Snyder, who is a wellness practitioner and the author of six books. Yes, six books. She's the best-selling author of The Dash Diet Cookbook, The Smart Mom's Guide to Essential Oils, as well as The Low Glycemic Index Slow Cooker, The Antioxidant Counter, The Water Infusion Detox Book, and The Matcha Miracle. For the past nine years, she has lectured at wellness centers, hospitals, conferences, and corporations on hormone health and essential oils, nutrition, and detoxification. She is also the creator of the Essentially You podcast, designed to empower women to create the health and life they deserve. You guys are going to love this episode. We talk about the best way to use essential oils for hormone balance, how we can use essential oils to lower our stress and cortisol levels and really support adrenal function. We also dive into travel essential oils and the best oils that you want to bring with you when you are traveling and on vacation. There is so much goodness wrapped up in this episode. Dr. Marisa Snyder also shares her hormone blend using amazing essential oils like clary sage and lavender and geranium. So you guys are going to get so much juicy information out of this. And I know all you DIYers out there are really going to love this one. I know I love making my own essential oil blends at home as well. And you are going to get some really great recipes in this episode. So let's dive in. Hi, Marisa. Welcome to the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited you're here and we are going to dive into hormones and essential oils. But before we do that, I would love it if you can share with our audience a little bit about you and what you do. 
Sure, absolutely. So are you looking a little bit for, I oftentimes share my story. And so I'm not sure if that's what you're looking for or. Let's do it. Yes, go for it. So I am a women's hormone doctor. And since I was at least in high school, I knew that I was put on this earth to serve women. And I have been serving women since I can even remember. And I've been surrounded by pretty much women for as early as I can remember as well. But when I was young, and I'm going to kind of start a little bit about my journey, but specifically tied to this belief. When I was a little girl, particularly in high school, when I was really working hard and you know working towards going to college and all that, I really held on to this deep-seated belief that my worth as a woman was only valued based on how busy that I was, how much work that I did, how much I gave to everybody else. And let me tell you, just to kind of paint a picture of how I was then, like, I was the kid that was always getting pulled out of class because I had another meeting to go to. Like I was running from one side of the school to the other during like the five minute break. I even used to have lunch with the principal every week. I mean, that was the kid that I was. I was so busy doing all these things. And I ran like that for as long as I could. And I finally really hit a wall when I had just opened my practice. I started seeing women predominantly with hormone issues, insomnia, weight resistance, mood swings, you know, fibromyalgia, name it, a lot of things related to hormones or chronic stress levels. And it was at this time that I had been having some issues. I had put on a little bit of weight. I had had really bad periods. My migraines had come back again. And Things weren't working right, but again, I thought it was just par for the course for all of the good work that I was doing in the world, that I was showing up to do my whole life. This is the pinnacle of the moment, you know, my early 30s, I mean, like barely turned 30 years old. And one day I wake up and I literally, it takes everything out of me to like literally pick my head up and to get out of that bed. I remember I was crawling to the bathroom and trying to get ready, trying to brush my teeth. All of it felt like the most arduous task that I'd ever been given. It felt like I was carrying a hundred pound weight on me just to get out the door. And I remember looking at myself in the mirror and I did not recognize the person I was looking back at. I felt like I was a shell of who I used to be. And I remember feeling so much shame and guilt and I felt like a fraud because here I was showing up to serve these women and I literally couldn't even fix myself. And at that time, I had to take a real deep look at what had happened to me. Where did this all start? And it was during this time that I did a full revamp. I changed everything so much I had to let go of. I was holding on to so much emotional baggage. I was doing a lot of things that I didn't even love to do. And I was able to heal. But I'll be honest with you, I didn't find myself that bad off again. Not that bad off. But I stumbled a bit between then and now And it was only in the last several years where I really did a full evaluation and realized that I was still harboring this massive disempowering belief about the way I was valued in this world. And I did not put myself as a priority outside of the survival that was necessary so I can continue to do my work. And it wasn't until a couple of years ago that it kind of just split open for me. This epiphany moment where I was like, oh my gosh. It is rooted in what I believe about who I am. And so often that is the thing that I come across with women that I work with about getting our hormones back on track. Yes, these chemical messengers are not acting right, but why? Why is it that they're not acting right? And so often it's seated around this belief, these beliefs, and every woman were a little bit different, right? But 
that was such a big epiphany for me. So it just fueled me to continue to do this work even more, really show up for women and do everything I can, not only physically give them the tool set, but really help them with the mindset because we could find ourselves just heading right down that drain. If we don't change the way we think about how we treat our bodies, not just the way we treat our bodies. Absolutely. That's my journey. (laughs) I know there's a lot of women listening that can definitely relate to that 100%. So thanks for sharing that. So it's kind of like you hit your rock bottom. Yeah. Yeah. So what were some of those changes that you had to start implementing? Obviously, working on mindset was a big one. Absolutely. Just getting clear as to the first step for me was self-awareness. I think that first step, and I use self-awareness in so much of everyday life, you know, when I've added too much to my schedule and I need to take a break, like I just cue into what's going on. So I always tell women, one of the first steps to really that radical self-healing is self-awareness. When we're able to really become aware of, you know, how we're feeling, are we feeling drained? Are we feeling exhausted? Are we feeling energized? Are we feeling overly stressed? And then how do we begin to implement those changes? I was definitely feeding myself a lot of caffeine and sugar to get through the day. I mean, a zombie, you got to do something, right? And so I was not fueling myself with the right food. So fuel was such a big piece of that. So food was a major transformation. I started a big, big part of that transformation. I fell in love with green smoothies. I'm such a green smoothie girl. And I drink them every single morning. And they're just a really great way to give you the right fiber, the right antioxidants. You know, I put good protein in it, healthy fats. I'm obsessed with avocado. So that tends to be like the thing that really gets me going every morning. I integrated meditation. I integrated more movement. Like for me, again, everything was a go, go, go. Even my workouts, like how do I work out the hardest? And that was causing a lot of fatigue. And so I changed the way that I moved my body, but that kept in place. I started using things like essential oils, really just as a reminder to take care of myself, to bring in those self-care rituals. And probably the biggest thing for me was that I was starting my day in pure chaos. At least it felt that way back then. I felt like I had lost control of my day within like the first half hour of it. Like that was the ritual. My ritual in the morning was how chaotic could I make my morning so that the rest of my day looked like that? (laughs) Not a way to live. I'll be honest with you. It added up over time. And so I began creating these morning rituals. About a half hour of my day is spent doing that where I drink warm water with lemon. Super easy to do. I do my green smoothie. I move either it's yoga or it's walking outside. I just get some movement. I get my body moving. It's not my full workout by any means. And then I also want to do something that's really nourishing the soul. So I have a journal that I write in. It's already pre-written. I just got to fill in the blanks. But it's all about gratitude and setting my intention for what my day is going to look like. And I really do feel like I set myself up for the best success. And when I don't do these 15 minutes, 20 minutes of habits, using my oils, all that, I really do feel like my day is a little bit more out of control. And it's on someone else's agenda. And that doesn't always serve me at all. I agree. I know when I started my day in chaos and busyness and rushing out of the house, your whole day feels that way. So All of it. You just never feel like you catch up. 100%. And it all just feels like it spills onto itself, right? It's just messy after messy after messy. And just like, how do I even pick this up? Like, and I just feel like that goes into the evening. And, you know, so many of us, I always call it we're Tasmanian devils with lip gloss on. I'm a lip gloss girl. So that's why I say lip gloss. But it's what it feels like to me. Back in the day, I would just like, I don't even know how I got into bed. I don't even remember 
what the process of getting into bed was. It was madness. Pretty much I was diving into the covers. And then, you know, your brain doesn't want to shut off at that point because you're so amped up. You know, last night we had come back from a strategic meeting with somebody and we didn't finish that meeting until 9 p.m. And I just could not get into my evening ritual rhythm. I was totally thrown off. I stayed up way later than I wanted to because I just couldn't fall asleep. And I was like, this is why we don't do these things. This is why it's so important for me to have this evening ritual along with the morning ritual so I don't find myself in this state of being. So I looked at my schedule today and I'm podcast interviews and Facebook live things. And I mean, I am on webinars. I'm teaching a class tonight. And so I'm like, I am literally in front of seven different audiences today. And I can't wake up in a chaos mode, I'm not going to be able to show up. I'm going to just be in a tailspin. So I think having a morning ritual and an evening ritual, even if it's only 10 to 15 minutes, really is an absolute necessity so that we really get the restful sleep that we deserve and we set ourselves for the life the life and the day that we want to live. Absolutely. I mean, it all really goes back to healthy boundaries. And I can totally relate when I'm out on those late nights or events or things that are happening and I don't get home till 10 or 11. I can't just jump into bed right away. My brain is buzzing and I just need that time to decompress, but then it does throw off the whole schedule because then I end up going to sleep much later than I would have liked to. Yeah. Absolutely. You said a really good point earlier about the smoothies. I just really have to mention this. You mentioned protein, fiber, and fat, which is so essential because I know so many women are making smoothies loaded with so many fruits and so much sugar. Yes. I know. So I'm happy that you mentioned that. <laughs> Absolutely. I didn't even know if I mentioned fruit. Yeah. We just use very low glycemic. We just use berries. I use a handful of berries. I am such a blueberry fanatic. I love blueberries. And so that's usually where I get my blueberry fix is just, you know, so I can get that perfect puke brown green smoothie that I, <laughs> totally. I desire. <laughs> totally. I agree. It doesn't look good, but it tastes good. It tastes amazing, but it's hard to sell it. You know, people are always like, I don't know about that puke brown stuff. <laughs> I agree. So I know in your practice, you utilize nutrition, supplementation, and of course, essential oils. So I'm curious, how did you get started with essential oils? It's a great question. So kind of in the middle of all this story that I was telling you about, because I had such chronic fatigue, I was chronically sick. And to be honest, I honestly thought I just had a low constitution. My whole family was, you're a sickly child, you're a sickly adult, you're just sickly. And so a good friend of mine had kind of got tired of me being so sick and tired and reached out to me and sent me a blend that was specifically for the immune system. And mind you, I was taking my herbs and I was doing a lot of the things to try to keep myself well, but I just wasn't having as great a success as I wanted. And a lot of it was related to stress. And I get that. So I got this oil and I started using it every single day. It was this immune system blend. And because I was kind of at a point where I had tried everything and she was like, this is the thing. And I trusted her judgment. I was like, I'm going to give this a try and use it every single day, pretty consistently for about a year, I want to say. And I did not get sick for three and a half years. It was only like a week before my wedding is when it all came crashing down. I was speaking in front of 10,000 people and then I had my wedding and in between that sandwich was when I ended up getting sick, but I was on my oils and I was able to overcome that within a couple of days. So I started using oil specifically for immune system benefits, but then I started doing my research because I am a fact finder. I was a biochemist once upon a time, and I was amazed at the types of things that I was seeing with my patients, with my family, and then kind of the bridge between oils and hormones for me was how oils 
have been able to bridge the gap to the healthy behaviors, the healthy habits that we want. That was the big thing because we all know we're supposed to eat well. We all know we're supposed to sleep well and exercise and manage stress and all of those things. It's easier said than done. And what I had found is that oils really made a lot of those healthy habits fun and rewarding and joyful. And that was awesome to me. That was awesome. And and not only was it just a fun experience, but they really had these beautiful chemical constituents. Research demonstrated that they really could navigate for reducing stress and creating more restful sleep and reducing worry and getting rid of cravings and boosting libido. We started to see all this research kind of populate where I was like, oh my gosh, this is the perfect way to punctuate these rituals. That's amazing. So I know that there are many women listening to the show who are struggling with PMS or menopause, thyroid issues, cravings, I mean, you name it. Mm-hmm. So how can we use some of these essential oils to help balance some of these conditions and the symptoms that come along with them? Absolutely. So I do have a hormone blend that I love to share. Now I will say that essential oils are not hormones. They're not synthetic hormones, but they do work with our adrenals. They do work with helping to balance that interplay between estrogen and progesterone. I just want to know that you're not adding estrogen in the body, not adding progesterone into the body. But oftentimes what I find kind of creates that hormone imbalance, those root causes often are stress related or they are related to cognitive function or mood imbalances. And so that's kind of where this blend comes into play. So when I think about this hormone blend, I think about not only helping to help lower stress levels, help to boost mood, concentration, help to get rid of brain fog, but also this is a great libido blend as well. So it kind of knocks out a lot of birds with one stone. So I love rollers and 10 mil roller bottles because they're so easy to use. Do you use roller bottle blends as well? Yeah, I'm like shaking my head over here. Yeah, absolutely. I love them. And they're great to travel with too. Oh my gosh. Yes. So great to travel with. They're just so easy. I could just pop one. I carry them in the back pocket of my jeans all the time. I always have like a hormone blend or like a mood boosting blend or a energizer blend, just whatever I'm needing at the time or think I may need. I'm taking that blend with me. Let's be honest. I have a full suite of oils in my purse. (laughs) Awesome. Then I've got the one in my pocket. Okay, so it's my hormone synergy blend. It's in a 10 mil roller. It's 10 drops of clary sage. And actually, there's a lot of research with clary sage and helping to kind of stabilize estrogen levels in the body, particularly with beta cells and then with our receptor cells in the adrenals. So 10 drops of clary sage, eight drops of lavender, because lavender is just this very multifaceted adaptogenic oil in the body. It does so many wonderful things for us. Eight drops of geranium. It's like the superwoman of superwoman essential oils. Great for adrenal support, great for liver support, great for skin. I mean, I just love this oil. It's great in blends, pretty powerful on its own. So just a heads up there. Four drops of bergamot. That's the oil of self-love and self-acceptance. I just love this oil. And then four drops of ylang-ylang. You just put them all into that roller. Doesn't matter what order or anything like that. Top it off with a fractionated coconut oil or almond oil, whatever you prefer, whatever carrier oil anyone prefers. And then where I love to put it is on the neck, either back of the neck, behind the ear, temples, on the wrist, or even right at the ovary. So about three inches below the belly button. Great tip. Or the bottom of the feet. So any of those are great. And really women just figure out the best place that works for them when it comes to hormone synergy. What I love this blend for is it's great for mitigating PMS. It's great for cramps. It's also great for perimenopause and menopause. So this blend has also helped significantly with hot flashes. 
Amazing. Yeah, that was my next question. Would it be specific for PMS or menopause or both? And is there a specific time of the month that we should use that? Or is that okay to use like kind of year round? I think it's okay to use year round. I personally use that blend every single day. Actually, only you can see it because this is audio, (laughs) but I have the blend made up because I love to make really fun. So I have it in my really pretty blue roller here. Ooh, that's a nice one. But I use it throughout the day. One, it smells. I love the way it smells. And two, I know I'm always needing a little bit of hormone love. And so for me, it's just a part of my daily regimen. I usually put it on my ovaries in the morning, and then I'll add it to my wrist throughout the day, depending on kind of just how I'm feeling, if I need stress or, or mood support in any way. That's amazing. That's a really great blend. And I know women who are listening right now are like taking out their pen and their notepad and writing that all down. So thanks for sharing that. Absolutely. So how can we use essential oils? You mentioned adrenal support. Mm -hmm. And how can we use essential oils to support our adrenal glands and our adrenal function? And can essential oils actually help to lower stress levels? Absolutely. So all of those things, yes. I'll tell you a little bit about how we can support the adrenals. I actually was recording one of my own podcast episodes talking about my adrenal love blend because we're talking about chronic fatigue and how we can help support that. But yes, so there are a number of essential oils that have been researched to lower cortisol levels, lower blood pressure, and lower our pulse point. A couple of those oils, lavender, ylang-ylang, bergamot, and clary sage, before. Those have all been researched to lower cortisol levels. And really it's through aromatherapy. So the best way to do that, and right, really specifically we're working with the hypothalamic pituitary axis, right? The relationship of us perceiving stress in our environment, whether we get a text message that throws us off or we realize we're late to work, whatever that may be, that's that perception of stress that we're running later. We need to get going. That's kind of what I want to mitigate for women or for people in general. So those oils, just breathing them and inhaling them. So if I were to take a blend, let's just say a combination of lavender and bergamot, that's my number one go-to stress reset combination. Same thing. I love it in a roller. I do 20 drops of each, top it off with coconut oil or whatever you prefer. And then I roll it on my palms and I do this technique called the power of the pause. So you're going to take the benefit of the essential oils, which in their own right, breathing them in is going to lower those cortisol levels within a matter of about 60 seconds to a couple of minutes. So it's very quick and fast acting. But then if you pair it with a deep breathing exercise or a mindful meditation exercise, you're going to get even more bang for your buck. Now, this technique I call the power of the pause. And how it works is I normally recommend women do this five to 10 times this breath work, but you could even do it in the beginning, just maybe two to five times, whatever gets you back to that calming state of being. So I've got the oils on my hands. Let's say it's lavender and bergamot combined. Rub my hands together. I'm going to take a deep breath, hold it for three seconds. That's kind of the pause. One, two, three, and then blow everything out, all of that air, kind of like you're deflating a balloon. And you're going to just do that technique another three to five times or however many times it really works to kind of get your body and kind of back into that calming state of being. And the oils will really begin to work their magic. So they're going to go into the limbic brain. They're going to have a profound effect on the hypothalamus, which is the hormone control center, right? And it's going to tell the hypothalamic pituitary axis to shut it down. It's time to relax and reset. And so that is just one of the most profound ways, the fastest way that I know to lower stress levels in the body. That's amazing. I love that. 
so powerful and it's so easy and it's really enjoyable too. It's just a matter, again, that concept of self-awareness, knowing when you're feeling wound up, knowing when you're feeling that stress kind of hit you to just take that moment to stand up or to move away from the desk, move away from the computer and just give yourself that moment to reset. I think I'd like to incorporate that in my morning routine and in my nighttime routine. That just sounds like a great way to start the day and to end the day. Absolutely. And I just love the way the oils smell. I just love the way that experiences. Like we were running late to that meeting yesterday. We didn't check the traffic, just kind of giving an example. And I knew I could feel myself. I don't like to be late to anything. And so I was like, oh, I'm late. And I let them know we were running late. So that was the first step. But then I kind of just checked in with myself. And I was like, you know, this is an important meeting. I don't want to go in there with heightened cortisol levels because I'm feeling rushed. So I just took that moment. I had my oils on me and I just did a couple of those deep breaths with my oil. And I was back to where I needed to be to really have a productive meeting. Because as my good friend, Emily Fletcher always says to me, stress makes you stupid. And she's right. You feel panicked. And that is no way to go into a meeting or tackle a project. We don't function well in that space. I agree. And I've been there a few times. So (laughs) I know the feeling. So you mentioned the HPA access. Yes. And if you can maybe expand on that, because I'm sure some women are like, "What? what is she talking about? HPA access? How does this all work? Maybe just give us a little Cole's notes on the HPA access. Absolutely. Basically, your brain is interpreting information all the time, particularly stress. You think about cortisol. Cortisol is the number one hormone for survival. And thank goodness for cortisol. It's regulating blood sugar levels. It's regulating insulin. It's, it is running the show for so much of our most important autonomic activity. And we think about cortisol as this bad hormone. No, it's a really important hormone, particularly for survival, right? If indeed there is a danger or you're sensing something out of pocket, you know, you're always using that intuition and that gut feeling, right? That's where the HPA axis come into play. So you have an experience happening, your brain is perceiving that, the hypothalamus is perceiving that, and it's going to send a message to the adrenals, letting the adrenals, hey, hey, we have a situation on our hands. Well, we got to deal with this. So your adrenals respond by saying, all right, I got this. I'm going to start releasing either epinephrine, if it's a short-term issue, right, an acute issue, like you've got to run from here to across the street to save a cat from a burning, I don't know what it is, you know, whatever it is. I would do that. (laughs) Exactly. Saving someone from something, or you've got to get out the door to go wherever you're going. But then over time, if we need more of that juice, we start to then tap into the cortisol. And cortisol is kind of our chronic stress hormone where we've kind of used that immediate epinephrine or norepinephrine to kind of get through that immediate emergency. But then if we need kind of longstanding support, that's where cortisol comes into play. And so really what we're working on here, you know, we talk about adrenal fatigue. It's not even that we're fatiguing adrenals. We're, they're just working to create more cortisol for us, right? And, but if we're able to intercept that conversation, that HPA access, and we're able to change the way that our body's perceiving stress, then we're sending a different message to the adrenals who is sending out a different chemical message altogether. And that's really the situation that we're most concerned with is how do we start to talk about or rewire the way that we perceive stress in our environment so that our body isn't reacting to those chemical messages that we're receiving. So that's kind of in a nutshell what the HPA axis is. That's why we really want to be working 
on the limbic brain, which is what's housing that communication so that we have a much more relaxed way that we're addressing situations, stimulates external factors that are going on in our environment. Okay. Yeah, that was nicely put. And then of course, essential oils are going to be helpful for that. Absolutely. So if you do find yourself, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't really have a tool that I feel can get me under control. Like you inherently know too, like, man, I'm feeling stressed. I don't really want to be feeling this way. I know this isn't going to serve me. How do I get out of this? That's where oils really come into play. I think they are so fast acting and these chemical constituents, these volatile chemical constituents, which could be hundreds, dozens, they are designed to really work with that communication system, to really have that conversation with the cells inside of the limbic brain, inside of the hypothalamus and say, hey, things are okay. Things are good. There's no need to be alarmed here. And really putting ourselves back into that state of calm and rest opposed to being in that alert, heightened hyperactivity state that we so often find ourselves in. So when working with women, yes. what have you found to be the greatest need? Sleep, energy, mood support, cravings, and how have you found essential oils to support these areas? That is such a great question. And you know, initially, still sleep, energy, stress are all there. Mm -hmm. But the big thing, and I've surveyed so many women over the years, really trying to figure out like, what is your biggest need? What can I really do to serve you? And always it comes back to the emotional piece. It's the emotional upheaval. Now, I recognize that that emotional upheaval is probably coming from stress. It's probably coming from exhaustion. But it's the thing that feels the most tangible, that feels the most burdensome in a lot of ways. And so women tell me that they feel constantly anxious. They feel a lot of worry. They even feel levels of depression and they feel so overwhelmed. And that I think is one of the most beautiful things that I love working with essential oils for. You know, a good friend of mine and one of my favorite aromatherapists and a mentor to me used to say, you know, the cool thing about essential oils is that you literally get to choose your mood. You can choose the way that you want to feel because of oils. And she's like, I dare you to pick up a wild orange or a citrus oil and try to stay in a bad mood after breathing that in. It is impossible. They're literally changing the way that you feel inside. And so there's lots of amazing research right now really demonstrating the power of like the emotional aspects of aromatherapy. And when I started using oils on my patients and on the women that I was working on, for me, I was always in the beginning, I was very end organ. Okay, well, you've got a stomach ache. This is the oil. You've got a headache. This is the oil. You've got allergies. This is the oil. You've got knee pain or fibromyalgia. This is the oil. And what was happening is I was making all these recommendations for these very specific symptoms, these very specific issues. And the women were coming back to me telling me, oh my gosh, the oil, yes, it worked here. But the most profound thing that happened to me when I was using your protocol was the emotional well-being that I was experiencing. And I listened. I heard that so loud and clear. And I was embarrassed that I hadn't thought of it before. I was like, well, I hadn't even thought about that piece, right? Because when you're suffering from with migraine pain or fibromyalgia pain or whatever you may be going through, there is so much emotional connection to that as well, right? It drains our emotional well-being. It makes us feel like crap, feel yucky, icky, not ourselves. We don't feel joy and happiness. We're in those states, those physical states of pain. And so 
I couldn't believe how much the oils were serving these women at that capacity. So I really dug into more and more research. And we know that oils can be uplifting. We know that they can be calming. They can be energizing. And you truly can pick your mood. And really, it's all about that aromatherapy. So it's breathing the oils in. So simply taking an oil. For instance, I have jasmine right here with me. And I can't tell you how much I love this oil. And really cool research on jasmine oil is it's been shown to reduce postpartum depression significantly in women, along with an oil called neroli. Both of those oils are like pure magic when it comes to postpartum depression. And not only is this oil just such a gem for me, but it smells amazing and always puts me into a state of calm and happy. It's one of my favorite joy oils. And I know particularly it's designed to do that. It's designed to combat depression. And it's been most studied on in particularly women in postpartum. But I just wanted to share that. Like that simple oil just brings me so much joy. And I know, I know women love this oil. It's a favorite. It's definitely a fan favorite. It really is. And my favorite is rose. I just cannot stop smelling that rose oil all day long. Girl, I combine them all day long. I am always putting (laughs) rose and jasmine. These are literally my treat yourself combos because they're not cheap. I just want to let everyone know they're not like a lemon oil. You know, these aren't running $10 a pop. And if you are finding these oils inexpensively, most likely they're not high quality. You want to make sure you get the high quality oils. So jasmine and rose are on the more pricier side, but it's one of those gifts to me. Like, I just feel like I deserve it. I just feel like these are oils I deserve and you know, they're diluted. So they last a long time, but I never leave my house without rose and jasmine. Awesome. Yeah. I never leave my house without rose. I love it so much. I'm always rolling it on the back of my neck or on my wrists or just smelling it, inhaling it. It's just such a magic. Yeah, it really is. It's just got this beautiful, calming. I don't know. I can't even explain it. It's just a good quality rose. We're talking about thousands of rose petals in that blend and that oil, right? Thousands. Right. I don't know how woo-woo this audience is, but I work with a lot of women who are energy healers and just really have a way of tapping into our energetic fields. And rose oil, particularly rose oil, because you have such a high concentration of roses, it is the highest energetic plant property you can get your hands on. So the healing benefits of rose oil, we really just can't even define, which is a little, you know, again, a little woo-woo. But, you know, I have a lot of patients with cancer who are looking for that high level energy of healing. And so rose oil is one of the common oils that you'll see recommended for people just needing that extra energetic state. Yeah, it's definitely a high vibe oil for sure. So you mentioned quality and how would somebody be able to differentiate between a low quality essential oil and a high quality? So let's say we're in a Whole Foods or we're in a natural food store, right? There's a couple of things that you're looking for when it comes to understanding. And this is just looking at the label. And then I'll give you a couple more specifics, what you're looking for when you're doing the research. So the label one should have an orifice reducer, which means it's closed. That way that no contaminants can get in. It's not going to evaporate. So if you were open it, it should not have a dropper on it. It shouldn't be just pure open. There better be like some type of cap and an orifice reducer that's reducing the oil from coming out. Next, it should be cobalt or some dark color, like a dark brown, because oils are volatile. And so you want to make sure that they're protected. And then a big part is that you're looking at price. So not all oils are priced the same. So you have a frankincense in your hands versus a lavender or a lemon oil. They better not be all the same price. That is a big red flag to me. Literally, you want the information 
It should list what is in the oil. It should list that there's a carrier oil in there. And it should also list the plant name, the plant phylum as well. So those are the types of things that you're looking for from an oil bottle when you're on the shelf. And then you could be looking for things like organic, pure, therapeutic grade, whatever those things are. Just pay attention to those designations. Sometimes people can even use those designations incorrectly or be advertising something that they're not. So that is on the shelf. Now, I will say that those are some key components on the shelf. I still wouldn't buy an oil off the shelf. So I would go and do my research. And what I'm looking for is on the website, do they tell you where the oils come from? Where are these oils being planted? Where are they being planted around the world? Are they being farmed in the States? You know, how are they being produced? Because harvesting these plants is so critical and so important. And the disclosure of the harvesting of those plants is equally as important. You want to know where your oils are being sourced. Number two is what type of purification testing are they doing? Are they using a third-party company? So you're looking for things like gas chromatography, um, mass spectrometry. You're looking for chirality testing, isotope testing. Are they using aromatherapists, you know, even doing smell tests? What are the types of things that they're doing for their testing? Do they even disclose their testing? So those are the things that you're looking for there. And that they're very transparent about how their oils are created. All of those websites should be really transparent about that. If you're finding that you can't find anything about how they created their oils, that maybe they're going through third-party vendors, they're not clear, maybe the oils are adulterated in some way, so they're tainted in some way, then I would stay away from those unless the intention is just to use them for cleaning products or something like that. I mean, if they're specifically for therapeutic use, like you're trying to support digestive, any digestive issue or hormones or mood, if it's a therapeutic process, then you want to make sure that you are doing your due diligence and doing your research. Yeah, that's a really good point. And especially because some of these you can have internally as well, right? Absolutely. You got to be really, really mindful about that. Only oils with a supplemental label, like they really should have like the same kind of supplement label that you see on your food products. That's the kind of supplement label that you're looking for on the oils. Most of those oils will say, do not consume. Some even will say, do not apply topically. And if I read that an oil said, don't apply topically, I would never buy that oil. Because I mean, what's in there, right? What is in there where it's not safe enough to put on your skin? And, you know, Aram, you know, it's so interesting about that because you think about internal definitely being the most intense way to use an oil. So I always like people to be very targeted about internal usage, unless you're cooking with them, then I'm totally fine with that as long as they're safe to cook with. But aromatic is the fastest way to get the oils into the bloodstream. So if an oil says don't touch it or don't put it on topically, I wouldn't even breathe it in. Because that's the fastest way into the bloodstream. And if those chemical constituents are tainted or they use synthetics or they use pesticides and herbicides, you are literally breathing all of that right into the lungs and into the bloodstream. So just something to be mindful of. If there's a lot of warnings on the bottle, I would probably just stay away from the bottle entirely. Yeah, good point. So how about reducing toxicity in our homes? Because of course, toxins can play a huge role in causing hormonal imbalances. So what are some of the areas in our homes so we can start to use essential oils and reduce the toxic load? 
everything. (laughs) Oh my gosh, everything. So, you know, we talked about a lot specifically hormones and hormones for emotional well-being and stress reduction. And I mean, these are why I use oils every day, but we have made over our entire home. So initially when I started with oils, I told you it was about the immune system, right? I wanted a solution to support my immune system. And I rarely get sick today. And I feel like that really attributes a lot to my essential oil usage. But we made over our entire medicine cabinet Our essential oils are literally our first line of defense for everything from food poisoning to headaches, name it, cuts, scrapes, everything. There's nothing that we don't use an oil for first because we can always go to the store and get all the other stuff, right? And I can always go and talk to a friend or a doctor. I have those pathways if I want them, but I usually oils first. Then I realize that you can make over everything in your house. So we made over all of our green cleaning and the big realization One, well, how's how toxic our cleaning products really are, but two, how few of those things we need. We do not need 12 different cleaning products to clean our house, really maybe like four. And pretty much all of the products, all of the ingredients is in your home already. So I have all kinds of awesome recipe sheets and everything. My Smart Mom's Guide to Essential Oil book has all of that in it as well. And then the last part, which was definitely the hardest thing to remake, was our personal care. But we made over everything. We have homemade body butters, our conditioners, our shampoos, our face wash, our toothpaste. Everything has been made over in terms of non-toxic products as well. And all of it has essential oils in it because it was just so easy to do. A couple things I buy from the same company I use my oils from because it's just easier that way. But a lot of the things we just made. And I'll tell you what, I am not a do-it-yourself girl. But it was so easy to do these things. And it was amazing to know that I could literally eat the ingredients. I wouldn't taste good, but I could eat the ingredients that I was making everything from. So one of the ways I love essential oils is they literally can make over all of the non-toxic things in your house. They are the ultimate swap as long as you have a couple of other key ingredients. And for green cleaning, that's just baking soda, vinegar, distilled water, and essential oils. That's it. That's all you really need to make over most of your green cleaning products. Yeah. We've done a lot of our own do-it-yourself cleaning products. And we use essential oils in the laundry. We use it to clean the kitchen and the bathtub and everything. And I mean, ladies, if you're listening and you have products at home that have like the skull on the bones on them, you have got to get that out of your house. Yes. Oh my gosh. When I was growing up, I had horrible migraines and I would have to clean my, my, I had bathroom duty every week <laughs> and I had to use Comet. Do you guys remember the green Comet? You know, I remember that. Yep. And it, just, it comes out poof, just nasty. And I knew that if I wasn't out of that bathroom, if I hadn't cleaned that tub in less than five to six minutes, I would get a full-blown migraine from this Comet that I was using. And I cleaned everything else with ammonia. So Comet and ammonia were the poisons of choice that I would go into the bathroom with. And literally, I had an immediate reaction to this. And I spent almost all of my teen years trying to get out of the bathroom fast enough. I had no idea at the time that you could make over your cleaning cabinet. I had no idea of all these things. And gosh, when we did made the switch over, one, it was so easy. It took me literally less than an hour to make over all these products. That's really great. And I realized I didn't even need half of them anymore. That's awesome. So I hope we inspire the ladies here to, at least that's the one thing because it's the easiest thing to do. It's true. The easiest thing to make over. It really is. So what about travel? What are some essential oils that are like a must have when you're traveling? I mean, I'm sure you're bringing like 
half of them, everything, pretty much. (laughs) It was so funny. I just got back from Kauai and I was teaching actually, I was educating women. I did a hormone class on oils. I didn't even check my bag. I literally traveled with 70 bottles of oil. Whoa. It went right through the machine. No stop, no nothing. They didn't even open my bag. You know, I don't know if I've ever traveled with that many oils without checking a bag before, but I was like, okay, well, I guess I can just bring as many oils as I literally as many oils as I want onto a plane. But I'm, we're leaving for Europe tomorrow. We're leaving on a three week trip to Europe, literally tomorrow. So we're packing right now. Amazing. So the must haves, lavender is a must have. So bug bites, bumps, scrapes. You know, we were in Italy a couple of years ago and my husband and I were both in our phones. We were looking for this restaurant. And right when I looked up to see where we were going, he ran right into a pole. Oh. And it hit his right here, right above his eye. His glasses flew off of his head. His sunglasses flew down the street. I mean, it was a spectacle. Thank God no one else was on the street to see this. And immediately he had this big bump on his forehead and he's like, where's the lavender? And we put that lavender on his forehead. Girl, I watched it shrink before my eyes. Amazing. As quickly as it grew, it shrunk. So we always take lavender with us everywhere. Sunburns, bug bites, bumps, scrapes, name it, sleep jet lag, all of it. Peppermint is a must. Digestion, pain, headaches, opening up airways, asthma, allergies, boom. Peppermint is the go-to. Melaleuca for any type of cuts and scrapes. We always take that with us as well. I do take my hormone oils. I take my stress oils because I know travel can be stressful. And we take energizer oils as well, kind of like mood boosting oils and concentration oils too. And then we have a blend, a digestive blend, and then an immune system blend that we always travel with us because I don't know what it is. The second I get on a plane, my digestive system is like, woohoo, it goes into pure chaos. I don't know what it is about my digestive system and travel, but the moment my gut knows I'm traveling, it starts to go haywire. So I always travel with gut happy oils. And that's just a combination of peppermint, ginger, fennel. Those are oftentimes the oils that I'm using there. That's really great. Well, I'm heading to Italy in September. (gasps) So I will definitely be bringing my oils with me. That is for sure. Oh yeah. And you can get away with just bringing like a lot of the little oil bags. I pretty much only pack about, I would say 10 to 11 with us. And that's pretty much, you know, it's kind of like those. And I take lemon oil with me too. And, you know, for like sticky situations and cleansing properties. And so, yeah, I mean, those are typically the big ones. I'm just trying to address the core issues that may pop up when we're traveling and just make sure I have an oil for that. That's great. Well, you just shared so much amazing information. I know the women listening are running out and filling up their roller bottles with all their oils right now. Yay! So I know you've got a free ebook bundle that you've got for everybody and they can go find that. I'll definitely share the link in our show notes, but tell us a little bit more about that. Oh my gosh, this is my favorite little bundle of goodies. I just love to give. This is like the gift that keeps on giving. So it is three of my favorite like get started guides. One is how to increase your energy. So my top 10 ways to increase energy like that instantaneously with recipes, everything you could possibly want. Two is my matcha green smoothie guide. So we talked so much about green smoothies. I'm going to give you a ton of recipes on how to make matcha green smoothies because I'm such a matcha fanatic. And then the third one is probably my favorite because I'm saving the best for last. And that is literally my self-care ritual. So that morning ritual routine, that evening ritual routine, recipes, everything is in there. Literally, if you want to start self-care today, that is the guide. It's how my life functions the way that it does so well is because of those rituals. 
Amazing. Well, ladies, you can head on over to holistechwellness.ca forward slash podcast and all the show notes will be there for you and you can grab that free ebook bundle. So where can people find you? I know you're hanging out on Instagram and Facebook. I love me some Insta girl. <laughs> I am on Insta, uh, Dr. Marisa. So D-R-M-A-R-I-Z-A. I also have a podcast called Essentially You, and it's all about empowering women to become the CEO of their health. And then you can also find me, Dr. Marisa, on Facebook as well. But Insta is really where I'm loving to play. And then just like your podcast, where you are spreading the love and spreading this amazing message. I know we are kindred spirits, girl. So we're just getting that message out. That's for sure. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being here. I will share all of the links and all of the content in the show notes. And thank you so much. I know this is going to empower and help so many women. It's so simple, essential oils to help balance your hormones, your body, feel more energy, more vitality. Thank you so much. Yay. Thank you. What a fun interview. Marisa rocked it and I can't wait to make her hormone blend. Of course, you can connect with her over on Instagram at D-R-M-A-R-I-Z-A. That's Dr. Marisa. And of course, you can download her free ebook bundle, drmarisa.com forward slash vitality. And that's D-R-M-A-R-I-Z-A dot com forward slash vitality. You can also head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash episode 10 to get all the show notes to today's episode and of course to access Dr. Marisa's free ebook bundle. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Looking forward to connecting with you over on Instagram. And of course, if you haven't joined our free holistic wellness private community on Facebook, I would love it for you to come hang out with us there, chat with me, ask me your questions so that I can use those questions in a future Q&A episode. And ladies, if you are interested in joining in the Clean Beauty You online program, there is tons of resources there on essential oils, video how-tos on how to make your own clean beauty products, how to make your own products using all these amazing essential oils. There's essential oil guides, recipe guides, all things beauty care can be found in the Clean Beauty You program. Head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash clean beauty you, that's the letter U, for more information. Looking forward to connecting with you guys on the next episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. Oh.